Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. To Lockie McCurdy from Code Sports, and uh, I heard a bit of Lockie through uh, the week. Lockie probably should be on the bloody payroll here, I would have thought. Lockie, thanks for joining (laughs) us, mate. How are you? Yeah, as good as can be, Chris. It's definitely been uh, a rough 24 hours for Australian sport, but particularly Australian cricket. And, yeah, I think the last day or so, everyone will kind of remember where they were when they they first heard the news that Shane Ward had passed away. It's something that's going to resonate for quite some time, I think. Yeah, I know, and like um, you know, you're you're a journo, a sports journo. I imagine you've spoken and and communicated with many of your colleagues. Um, the enormity of this loss probably hasn't sunk in just yet because we're all just saying, oh, really, and it, it's it's all very fresh and and very new. Um, and like there were no, you know, we, none of us saw this, none of us saw this coming. So now all of a sudden we're scrambling around and we're, we're reflecting on. On a great cricketer, and and a huge mm. a huge personality. What 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 are some of your fondest memories of of, of Shane Warne? And I know you, you're a lot younger than me, but um, and a lot of you know what you would have seen too would have been in his role in the media, I imagine. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. Obviously, spent a, a lot of time this morning um, since the news broke, reflecting on kind of what Shane Warne meant to me. Um, obviously, everyone kind of recognises him differently. But for mm. me personally, I wasn't alive when he bowled the Gatting ball. I wasn't alive when he took his hat-trick. So my memories, like you said, are a lot later. And things that stick out to me are his role in that amazing Adelaide test match uh, where he he helped secure the Ashes as part of that whitewash series, bowling the ball around Kevin Peterson's legs mm. as Australia created that miraculous run chase on the final day in Adelaide. Obviously, you, you look to even more recent memories um, in the Big Bash, that, that verbal joust with Marlon Samuels, that was a, a quite mm. a, an incredible memory for younger players. And then in, in the Big Bash as well, predicting the wicket of uh, Brendan McCullum when he was on the player, Mike, uh, being one of the, the first players to, to really embrace that new technology as part of T20 cricket, something he fully embraced in sort of the latter parts of his career. So... There's so many legacy, different legacies that he will hold in, in the world and obviously in Australia as well. And I think that's what's so special that it, it doesn't matter really what generation you're from. Everyone will have a distinct, special memory of Shane Warne mm. and that's something that no one will ever be able to take away. Mm. Uh, Brendan McCullum, incidentally, he spoke this morning uh, to our boss Hutchie, I'm sure with Simon O'Donnell. Mm. We might go and, and dig that out, that interview, a little bit later on and, and listen um Back to that, um, the final post, and he was quite active, wasn't he? Warney on social media, mm. his Twitter Twitter account, and uh, I don't know how really to describe it, but poignant um, and very sad. And that his last social media post was about the passing of his good mate Rod Marsh, and both of them will be remembered as as passing on the fourth of March. It, it really was. Uh... Obviously, everyone saw the tweet from Shane Warne recognising um, uh, Marsh's passing and 
it was a lovely tribute as we saw so many tributes throughout the day yesterday and I know I was covering some of the Pakistan tests last night and kind of winding down a bit after midnight and mm. then you suddenly see on social media these tweets rolling through going, mm. Shane Warne has passed away and you just go, no, no, surely, surely that cannot be true. Um, you, you look at it and go, we've just seen him mm. talking about Ross Marsh and I think that's the most incredulous thing about it is that it happened so suddenly, like you said, that it's forced everyone to suddenly reflect on it. Um, and it's not like, obviously, that the passing of Rod Marsh was so sad, but across the last week, we've seen beautiful tributes, time taken out of the game to to really pay our respects for this incredible figure in Australian cricket. But Warney's passing has been so sudden that it's, Acted as a really stark reminder of how fragile life is, really. And as someone who was so important to so many people, it's so special that he is now helping everyone reflect on that, reflect on their own personal lives, connections, relationships. And then I think also reflecting on their own personal relationship with cricket and how they fell in love with the game. Mm. Uh, and a clear message coming through too is, you know, um, you never know. You never know when mm. which day is your last. So um, live life to the full. Squeeze as much as you can out of every moment, as Shane Warne did. Like you, I was um, I pulled up stumps after stumps late last night, close to, to midnight, I guess. So I wasn't aware of, of Shane's passing um, until I was brought to my attention this morning by a phone call. Mm. Um, which takes us to that the first test in Royal Pindi, and it's not looking good for our boys at all. I mean, in fact, it's looking awful. One for 245, Pakistan will resume on a very batter-friendly deck. Yeah, it was an impressive day for Pakistan, the first day of test cricket uh, against Australia. We've been over there for 24 years, and, and look, it, it wasn't a good day for Australia. There's no hiding that, but at the same time, the conditions were absolutely beautiful to bat on. Uh, Babar Azam would have been absolutely loving that he won the toss to start that because it was the easiest toss decision I think a captain would ever have to make. Um, Imam al hit his first ever test century. Uh, and it, it wasn't just the fact that he got his century. It was the fact that it was a chanceless innings. Uh, I think there was a stat that he was middling 80% of shots throughout the innings and only found the edge on about 2% of them when he had reached his uh, triple figures. So it was just wonderful conditions to bat. And I, I don't think the Australian bowlers could have done a lot more. I think for the most part, Cummins, Hazelwood, Stark bowled pretty well. They, they threw in a good amount of variations in terms of short balls, attacking the stumps. I thought Nathan Lyon was pretty fantastic. And there'll be a lot of talk about, oh, should Australia pick two spinners? But I'm not sure even that makes much of a difference yesterday because the conditions were so flat and Pakistan just took advantage. So they'll be hoping that the pitch will be uh, deteriorating a little bit overnight and there'll be a little bit more for the bowlers as the game goes on. I've had a couple of people ask me, um, you know, they studied the pitch um, you know, in, in the days leading up and it, didn't they know that it was going to be more conducive to spin? Mm. Um, well, it, is that yeah, a fair criticism really, or not? I think yes and no. There's obviously everyone was drawn in by those first, those really early overs from Nathan Lyon when he came on in the first ten overs, and he got some grip and he got some turn, and suddenly the comments were flying in. 
oh, why didn't they pick two spinners? But I think the new ball has a fair bit to play there too. And the way Nathan Lyon bowls, he's always going to generate a little bit more spin. And kind of as we saw throughout the day's play, even though Lyon was bowling well, the spin kind of faded away a little bit and deteriorated. So what we've seen in Rawalpindi, the, the last test that they played there against South Africa was that pace was clearly the way to go. Uh, Anrik Norskia, uh, the South African quick, took a five for in one innings. Um, the Pakistan quicks looked really good as well. So um, I think everyone will compare, go, oh, Pakistan picked two spinners in their team. But at the end of the day, that's because they had three of their first choice pace bowlers out. So essentially they were like, okay, let's, let's pick spinners because we don't have our best pace bowlers available. So Andrew McDonald made the really good point after play to say, look, let's judge after five days of the test. There is a chance we got it wrong. We thought it was going to pace and seem a little bit more than it did, but we're still confident in our bowlers' abilities to get the job done. So after 90 overs of play to, to only concede less than 250 runs, I think Australia will certainly be happy that, but obviously uh, they would have liked a lot more wickets. Yeah, and I guess, and don't be too quick to judge, <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm really trying to be the optimist here, but um, <laughs> you don't. You can't tell until both sides have batted. But God, if we don't take some early wickets first session, even mm. on day two, um, uh, victory is, is well and truly out the window. Yeah, that, that's without a doubt. Uh, it's interesting looking at some of the stats in Royal Pindi that often the second innings, uh, the second innings totals actually average more because it gets really good to bat day two and day three. So. If there's a possibility where we can kind of get wickets quickly and limit Pakistan to, I mean, obviously being optimistic at the moment, but you've got to think 350 to 400 is still a waltz in for Pakistan at this stage. If you can get to around that total and then still as an Australian team get to about 350 at least in their first innings, I think that would still be a good result. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see whether a positive result for Australia is still possible in this test, considering how well Pakistan has started. Mm. I guess, and we've spoken about this, this was always going to be um, their biggest test in, in recent times for new skipper Paddy Cummins. Um, and all of a sudden, forget the enormity of, of playing Pakistan in Pakistan, um, but all of a sudden he's had to sort of... Um, uh, talk about the loss of Rod Marsh and then you know, less than 24 hours later, talk about uh, the loss of, of a good mate too in Shane Warne. Um, a baptism of fire almost um, for new captain Pat Cummins. Yeah, it certainly was. I, I was very, look, I think most people have been very impressed with Pat Cummins and the way that he's led this team. But yesterday we saw, obviously the news broke early in the day here in Australia that Rod Marsh had passed away. But Quickly, the, the team over in Pakistan were right on the case. It was, I think, 5, 5.30 a.m. in the morning over there. And Cummins had filmed a video, had released a statement that was sent out by Cricket Australia on uh, Rod Marsh's passing, which on the game day of a 24-year first test in Pakistan, I think, says a lot about the character that, yes, the game is important, the, the test match that they're going to play is important, but there's a much bigger community outside of the actual match that was being played and I think we'll see the same again um, today obviously a, another moment of silence is going to be taken before day, today's play um, in Royal Pindi and we've seen the women's team obviously in the World Cup as well, they're currently wearing uh, two black armbands uh, to pay their respects to both Shane Warne and Rod Marsh so yeah it's, 
it's obviously so immediately fresh that there's going to be a lot of tributes uh, right now, but they won't be the last things that we see because, yeah, there's uh, two significant losses in the Australian cricket community who leave behind a massive legacy. Mm. All right, Lockie, I appreciate your time, mate. Um, Des has just sent us through a text, and 0457 736 736 is the text line. If you send them through, I will read them out. Um, all the mail said Royal Pindi will take pace. Lahore and Karachi better for spin. Credit to Pakistan. They batted well. Uh, things can change. Day one of 15 days. Um, well done, Pakistan. Thank you for that, Des. Um, you too, uh, forever the optimist. Lockie, thanks for your time, mate. Uh, I know you're busy and uh, we'll talk again soon. I really appreciate you joining us on Sports Central. Anytime, Chris. Great stuff there. He's from Code Sports. If you want to uh, read more and, and hear more from Lockie McCurdy, a young journo um, with a very bright future, um, that's where you can find him at Code Sports. Around the grounds and still with cricket, the first match for Australia's women's team uh, at the one-day World Cup in New Zealand. We are currently one for 156. England won the toss. They elected to field. And uh, Rachel Haynes, she's 62 off 81 balls, not not out. Meg Lanning, our skipper, also still at the crease. 54 off 80. Alyssa Healy went for 28 off 35. Um, current run rate, 4.8. Last five overs, though, we've picked up the tempo up around 6.7. Uh, that's a number 33 off the last five overs. So uh, Rachel Haynes uh, and Meg Lanning, they're starting to up the tempo there. One for 157. A break and back with more.